I shared a message about how Peter had a plan. He had a plan for Jesus. And we saw that when Jesus was being arrested in the garden, Jesus of Peter was threatened that his plan was going to go away. And so Peter took out his sword, but Jesus told him to stop. In other words, Jesus was telling Peter, your plan is not God's plan. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts. Peter was trying to defend his plan. He wasn't really defending Jesus. He was defending his plan for Jesus. But God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. And Easter is a reminder that God's ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. That's what Easter is all about. We are celebrating Easter. We're celebrating His victory, but we cannot forget what took place, the confusion that the disciples had. But Easter reminds us God's ways are better than our ways. Do we really think that we know more than God? I don't think anybody really thinks that, but sometimes we act that way. Sometimes our actions communicate that, God, I don't need your input. I've been there before. I've made decisions without asking God big decisions that really mattered. But we need to say, God, you are most important in my life. Reading the Bible and praying every day is something that I need. I cannot live without the Word of God in my life. Peter wanted to destroy the Romans. He wanted Jesus to straighten out the leaders. But Jesus did not come into the world to condemn it. He didn't come to bring judgment on those doing evil. He didn't come to put anybody in prison. Jesus came to save the world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Man's plan fell short of the glory of God. Peter's plan to overcome Rome, to destroy it, would not have saved us. It wouldn't have helped us. It would have just created more chaos. But Jesus' plan to save us by dying on the cross was going to bring us salvation. So Jesus followed God's plans. Someone had to pay for the sins of humanity. And God's plan required a sacrifice, and no human being could do it. The Bible declared that the sacrifice had to be from a spotless lamb without blemish, without anything wrong with that, that sacrifice. And the Bible says that we have all sinned, and we see this every day. We are all flawed. We can walk around this earth, and we can see that we are flawed that we are people that are capable of hurting somebody and who have been hurt. We are flawed, but not the Son of God. We have done wrong things, but not Jesus Christ. We have had ill thoughts about other people, but Jesus had pure motives the entire time He lived this earth. Jesus was tempted in all ways, but He overcame that temptation. His thoughts were pure. His actions maintained godly motives. Every single second, there was no lie in the voice of Jesus. He never thought contrary to the will of God. He was perfect in every way and in every moment to everyone. And so Jesus alone was able to offer up His body as a sacrifice for our sins. And not just to cover our sins. No, the blood of Jesus removes our sins from our life. 
removes it in totality. It totally wipes it away from our record. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid for our sins. You've paid for us to come into the presence of Almighty God. We don't have to walk around in shame. We don't have to walk around in guilt. You don't have to look around the corner in fear anymore. But we can live in hope and peace because Jesus has restored us back to God. We were lost, but now we are found in Christ. We were blind, but now we can see the love of God, the truth of His love and His word and His mercy and His grace that is with us today. Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God. He knew the will of the Father would only accept His body to bring us eternal salvation. He suffered and was mocked on the cross, but in so doing, He took away our shame, our wretched pain. He took all of evil and judgment and by being beaten and tortured, and He was pierced with nails, and it was a crown of thorns was placed upon His head, and He died on the cross. And God Almighty accepted His Son's sacrifice. He accepted His perfect life as payment for our sins. The death of Jesus released the power of God. And so immediately the power of sin was served its eviction notice. And we see it at the cross. A Roman soldier, a Roman soldier had just participated in his crucifixion. A Roman soldier who had just mocked Jesus was now declaring that truly this was the Son of God. Because once Jesus died upon that cross, it broke the power of sin. And we see it immediately happening in the life of a Roman soldier. The death of Jesus released the power of God. And immediately, His power overcame death. Death was the one thing that made every man and every woman equal. We would all face it. And we would all try to avoid it at all costs. But Jesus changed it all. Let's read again from Luke chapter 24. It says, Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. Death no longer had the final say. No matter how hard man tried to bring finality to any human being, Death lost its power over the righteous. They crucified Jesus on the cross, but that wasn't enough. They placed Him into a grave, and then they rolled a stone over that grave. Then they sealed it and put an armed guard around it. But Jesus could not be held by an armed guard. Death 
was not able to hold him. There was nothing more powerful than the love of God being expressed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Since the very beginning, mankind has sought out ways to avoid death, but death could not be avoided because there was only one way to cancel death. Jesus gave us hope. He gave us peace. He gave us purpose. Believers in Christ no longer fear death. We don't look for death. But when it comes, we declare death. You are only a door into the presence of Almighty God. So we're able to declare that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. We know God is working all things for our good, and we can trust Him through every storm because He is bringing all things, and all things are being led to an eternal and perfect life with God Almighty. Death was once a stumbling block, but now it has become a stepping stone for us. Death can't trip us up anymore. It can only become a magnifying glass to the truth and love of God. And our dear sister Tess is going to come. She's going to testify to what I am preaching to you this morning.
is that he sitteth near alongside of God. He is better than any prophetic counselor, and ever that he sent down to our fathers to be mighty in judgment and war. I'd like to introduce Michael Rogers. He is coming up, but Michael can please welcome his brother, Michael Rogers.
said, I know people can't understand this. Cancer is worth trying. I am resident of cancer and I love cancer. Cancer is a deadly word and it's an awful disease. But I can tell you the beauty that has come from my illness. I now find Inside of our home. They've become one of the greatest blessings to cure my disease. 
feel so important, so important. God's word, prayer, love life, and of course, heartache. There's so much goodness in this word. The transformation that's happening inside of me because of being healed, I want to continue to be preaching from it. And the opportunities that he continually presents to me are just amazing. So in the back of church, Matthew 6, Started 6:30 and we go to about 8:15, 8:30. Those verses are even longer, so I think we can anticipate each other. But it's all about fellowship. It's all about support. It's all about hope. The same type of hope that God gave to His children in this beautiful day. Well, not only for um, the cancer patient itself, but often the caregiver needs just as much support as the patient. So we invite and we extend an invitation to anyone in this room who feels like someone because of this illness they have age, sex, gender, issues, illness, that they have to speak up. And it affects one out of three of you in this room. So I know that there are people out there that are probably looking like Kevin and I want to invite you to our meeting. We're also Zooming because we have people that can't meet together because of COVID. So there is a Zoom link. Kevin and I will be available after church. We'll try to have a conference where we can all talk with you. And um, the flyers are on the back, and the phone number is on the top. I truly didn't know what was going to be the outcome of our meeting this past Tuesday, the day that I called him for the meeting. I actually apologized to him before I truly said it. You see, I don't know that I gave him a fair chance as the new pastor here and he still invited me there today. I heard God's voice at the women's tea that Tara hosted, and I clearly heard him say, it's not your will, it's mine. Once again, he reminded me and told me he was in charge. I just needed to be obedient. I owed Pastor an apology, and I am truly grateful that he accepted it. This clearly was the Holy Spirit moving in my soul. I would have never done this on my own. Actually, this type of transformation started taking place in my life. God knew what needed to be done, and he sent the Holy Spirit when he told me so. Right after the tea was over, I went up to Tara and I thanked her because it was such a beautiful, lovely evening. And I also think we get to know each other better as we go out to lunch. Kevin encouraged to do difficult things, whether an apology or forgiving someone that has hurt you or hurt someone you love. It gets easier when there's an option to each leading the way. All he needs to do is ask for help, let go, and let go. The rest he takes care of. He forgives me and he forgives me continually so many mistakes that I've ever made. I shared some examples with you today on this beautiful Easter Sunday. And I give all the glory to God as we move forward today.
discuss wisdom Because God chose me as he's chosen all of you. He died for my sins as he died for yours. And he truly is our hope and our justice. I invite you to look inside of yourself and ask yourself, where is God in my heart? How is he telling me what is right? What is he working in in order to transformation? And I close today with these two verses. John 3.16 tells us this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, excuse me, whoever believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. I thank you for that assurance. I thank you for hearing me. I wish you a wonderful week. How does someone find life through cancer? <clears throat> How do you find hope in a hopeless situation? How do you find strength when your life has fallen apart? <clears throat> How can you know love when you've been abused? How can you find the biggest answers to life's questions? It is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that gives us these answers. And when you find Christ, you find hope, you find love, and eternal life. We're so thankful today that we're forgiven and restored back to life and life eternal. And it's in God's presence that there is truth for your questions. There is healing for your brokenness. There is peace from your abuse. There is joy instead of pain. Because God is able to take anything and everything and make it into a blessing. He could take our sickness and He can bring us into the presence of God. He could take all of our suffering and give us the power to help others. He takes victims and He turns them into victors. He allows us to bring our trials to Him and He causes us to triumph. He is working all things for the good that love Him. God can take cancer and create a platform to see His great glory. Jesus took the cross that symbolically meant ultimate defeat and shame. And Jesus transformed the cross into a symbol of life and of power. If Christ can do that to the cross, if Christ can do that in cancer, imagine what God can do in your life. You just need to bring your sins to God and He will bring you forgiveness. He will give you that hope and that restoration in your life. Now when we look back quickly at the text again, these angels asked a very important question. There is no filler in the Word of God. It all has meaning. And there's a question that they asked, why do you still seek the living among the dead? Why are you still seeking the living among the dead? And they explained that question. They said, don't you know that Jesus isn't here? He told you that He would suffer. And He told you that He would rise from the dead. He told you all of these things today. And I can declare to you that the Word of Christ will never fail. He knows all things. He knows what we're going to go through. And yet He knows the victory that is ahead of us. His words will never fail. 
So Jesus told them that. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus told them that he would be crucified and he also declared, I would rise from the dead. He did the impossible because he gave us life for us. He did what you cannot do on your own. He fixed what you had broken. He mended what you have torn. You should know today that God's word does not fail. You should know that God will never fail, that Jesus has made all things new. So why were these women seeking Jesus among the dead? Well, everyone knows that when you die, you're placed into a grave. And if that's where you're placed, that that's where you go. So these women went to the place where Jesus was buried. Because they were still trying to figure out, they were still trying to use their finite mind to understand an infinite Savior. They were still trying to use creation to understand the Creator. It's like buying a bookshelf and asking the pieces of wood, Help me to put you together. You would never do that. You need to go to the Creator who created them and put a manual in there. And you read the manual. You will never know. You will never get an answer from a pile of wood on how to put it together. And the same is true. The same is true for us today. There's too many people are walking around this earth and they're asking people, why am I here? They're looking into their money and their wallet and saying, Am I valuable? They're searching for answers. They're wanting to find satisfaction from the pleasures on this planet, but they will never find it. They are seeking to experience a life from among the dead. The world is dying, and everything in it is dying with it. But Easter is the declaration that the Creator spoke to us, and He offered us eternal life. Jesus came to explain it all. He came with all of the answers that people had in their mind. Of course, there were people who didn't like his answers. They didn't like what he had to say. He, they didn't like, and obviously there were people who didn't agree with what Jesus had to say. But today, I must ask you, why do you still seek the living among the dead? Why are people trying to still find life on this earth? Why are we still trying to find power, our life in power? Why are we still trying to find purpose in money? Why are we start trying to still find satisfaction in power and pleasure in material objects? There is no life in money. There is no life in power. There is no life in material objects. There is only life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And when you find Jesus, you discover that everything else it's just a tool to know Him. Money is not the end game. But when you find Christ, you realize that money is a tool that you can use to bless others. Power or your job, your career, that's not your identification. Oh no, that's just a tool for God to use to fulfill the will of, of the Father on this planet. planet. King Solomon lived a life that most of us most of the people in this world today would want. You see, Solomon had everything, and he had it in abundance. He had money. He had power. He had all the women you wanted. He had adoration, people from all the world coming to him. He had everything that people seek after, and yet he wrote these words. Everything is meaningless. It is all pointless. 
King Solomon, who was the wisest man on the planet, wrote those words. And you and I, we know the modern day stories from movie stars or rock stars or, or the wealthy who have taken their life or maybe they lost everything because they realized it was all meaningless. They realized that the money and the fame did not bring satisfaction. They were seeking the living among the dead. Why do we still seek the living among the dead? Can I declare to you today that Jesus is here and you can walk to Him? Life is here and you can receive it. Answers are here. Hope is here. Peace is here today. Jesus rose from the dead and He offers us life and peace and hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come to Him today. Come seek life from Him. Come seek hope from Him. Find power in His Spirit. Find hope in His Word. Find strength in His presence today. Find life among the living. The living today is in Christ alone. I want to invite our band to come at this time. As we prepare to conclude this service, we're going to declare a message. It's a message of hope that Christ is in us. Christ is no longer in the grave, but now He is in our hearts. No longer does He occupy that grave, but He can, through His blood, occupy our hearts and occupy our life and occupy our problems. And as we heard today, as we have received the testimony, Jesus can occupy our darkest times. He can be there in our most difficult situations. The biggest questions that you have, Christ is there. The biggest problems you have, those things that continue to burden you and hurt you and hurt, hurt others, Christ is there. He is there to come into our life and He's there to give us hope He's there to give us strength today. I pray that you won't seek the living among the dead. You don't have to seek it in this world today. You found it in Christ. In Christ alone is there life more abundantly, eternally. Would you stand with us? We're going to sing a song of praise. We're going to sing an exciting song, a, a song of lifting up our spirits today. We're going to celebrate that Jesus can enter our life. He's come out of the tomb and He wants to come into your life this morning.